We have uh, three of my, I would say, top 20 favorite things going on for this uh, this um, end of the season episode. Talking baseball, obviously, because you're listening to us, so you know that we're talking about baseball. We've got college football going on in the background behind the camera. For those of you watching, I'm pointing behind the camera on uh, YouTube. And brunch. Mimosas. Yeah, we got that. So, sir, bottomless mimosas. Good times. And you know what? We need it. We deserve it. It's been a long yeah, year. Yeah, we, uh, we decided to do another morning pod this week. And it's on Saturday, so we're brunching it up. Brunching uh, it up. Welcome to, town, welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast. I am Chris Madrill. That is Julio Reynoso on the other side of me. Uh, this is a uh, powered and part of the Around the Diamond Podcast Network. Make sure to check out Around the Diamond. They are expanding a lot. They're hiring people. I don't know if, if you would like to get into uh, sports media, um, writing, uh, uh, social media, um, podcasting, producing. Uh, check it out. They've been posting a lot of job openings, but not for us. Um, we do all our stuff in-house. Um, yes. Julio, um, the season is over officially. It ended on uh, Wednesday. Uh, Thursday. Playoff, playoff Wednesday? contention season. Wednesday. Yes. Yeah. Um, this weekend we were playing the Astros, but there is still a pretty hot race going on in the American League. Um, there is a pretty interesting uh, MVP uh, uh, race going on in the National League as well. Um, we had a Brewers pitcher who made a very stupid mistake, and of course, um, we're going to talk A's um, and just soak our sorrows and find out what the hell went wrong in today's episode. Uh, but first, Julio, let's talk about this dude. I'll let you. I'll let you kick it off. Devin, not the dude, is what I put in our show notes because yeah, you know, barrier rapper Devin the dude, kind of a little shout out. Anyways. Devin Williams, relief pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. You know, Milwaukee Brewers fan club, we're their biggest fans. There's no way you can correct us on that. Uh, they clinched the division this uh, just a few days ago. And, and a part of the celebration, you know, things are going great. Uh, you know, when you're celebrating, you drink a little too much. And that happens. It's totally normal. Uh, but he got frustrated with himself over something that night. There's no specifics. It's uh, probably a girl, let's be honest. Yeah, or, or he lost in beer pong and somebody called him like a bitch or something. I don't it's know. probably a girl. Yeah, But uh, he punched a wall or punched a door and it fractured his hand. He will be set on the 10-day IL and he will miss the remaining of the season, a.k.a. he will be out all the postseason. Why is this much of a big deal? Devin Williams, if you're not aware, has been one of the best relief pitchers in all of baseball. He was the NL. He would be a closer on 25 of the 30 teams. In the, yes, in absolutely. The but Josh Hader's there, too. He's mm-hmm. pretty electric. Uh, he was the NL Rookie of the Year last year when he posted a 2-5 ERA with 87 strikeouts and only 54 innings. Uh, mm-hmm. He was on his way this season for having another uh, outstanding year, but injuries kind of – that. Freak injury kind of happened, and his season's over. I think we've all had those moments where you're just kind of in a fit of rage and just like something, and this is just not the right timing of it all. And now his season's over. The Brewers, who we are both, again, huge fans, lifelong Brewer fans. Let's go Robin Yount. Uh, 
I, I think we both were kind of in like the, if we were betting then, which we, we are, <laughs> we would put money on them to go to the World Series, I think. And I think they match up really well. But without that I guy did. there. I did. I, I did. I placed a future bet. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good for you then. But without him there and that. And, well, not anymore. Yeah. But without him there. Uh, screws up everything, Chris. I have so like you make fun of me all the time for being like an angry person and like uh you know uh I guess flamboyant in that way. Um I I don't think I am. I, I'm just a passionate person. I'm loud. I think like you but people associate those things with being like angry and mad. I've never been this upset in my life. I I like I I've never punched a wall. I've never like been so like just built on rage that I have to just like physically do something dominate something in order to like take it out i don't know what the fuck happened to this guy that night he's clearly very fucked up which makes sense they had just clinched it but this completely screws apparently this is from what uh i heard craig council's strategy was going to be going into the playoffs which we've seen this work before so i don't blame them they have two dominant starting pitchers and they have two dominant closers so their their game plan was they were going to ride those four pitchers, they, you know, maybe like one of these other guys would would be in the mix. Like maybe Brett Anderson would start a game, but they are going to ride those four pitchers the entire postseason, unless they absolutely had to or got in some trouble. It was gonna they were gonna do use two starters and just go back to back, back to back um, starts, and then try and close it out with their two closers. Like that that it was a really weird strategy for those of you who are like kind of like confused by by that, but. Apparently that's what they are going to do. We've seen it. We've seen it done before. the the uh, The Cubs used a variation of it. They used four starters, but they also really kind of relied on two two uh, relievers in in their um, World Series run, and that was um, um, Carl. The, what the fuck is his name? I was going to say Carl Weathers. No, no. I know you're talking. Uh, crap. Anyways, and Chapman, right? Him and Chapman and. It can work sometimes. It also can bite you in the ass. But if you don't trust any of your other bullpen or any other starters, it it can be a redeeming strategy. Anyway, that was going to be their strategy. That strategy is completely fucked now. So now they have to rely on these other guys that um, are in their, their pitching staff. So um, I'm not sure what they're going to do. It's going to be very interesting to see that first round against the Atlanta Braves, how they uh, structure this. Um, game three will be the big game to keep a lookout for and see if they stick to the strategy or not. If Brandon Woodruff starts game three instead of Hauser or Anderson or Peralta, it's a big sign of what their, their pitching strategy is going to be. Uh, one, Carl Edwards Jr. Carl Edwards Jr. Yeah. I was going to say, like, it sounds like a, he sounds like a race and, car driver. And they ran him into the ground and he completely fell off after that season. He had a great season that season, but like, they just fucking over overran they over pitched him and he just like his career has not been the same ever since then i'm um, not a big fan of the strategy but whatever yeah. also you got to give a shout out you can't disrespect to freddie peralta was an all-star this year he uh, was he two was. eight one and still to end the season two eight one era uh 195 strikeouts 144 innings pitched so like rotation i think they're they're they're, they're fine they're going to be okay. But if you but but Julio, if you have two of the top ten best pitchers in the league this year, like it makes sense why Craig Council will be like, let's do this and ride these two guys. But again, well, I don't agree with the strategy. But is it is a strategy that teams have used in the past, and apparently he was going to try. Interesting. I don't. Yeah. I June Lee. I heard June Lee talk about that <clears throat> on the daily. June Lee. 
Um, yeah, the rest of the road. I think it was June Lee. Might the pen not be June Lee. is interesting. Might You've got the likes of a former giant great Hunter Strickland, who's actually had a pretty good year out there. He has. Yeah, very surprising. Um, and plus, they picked up John Axford, and then he went immediately on the aisle. He hasn't pitched. Former Oakland you're great, per- John Axford? Yeah, former Oakland great. You're, you're pretty much now going to be relying on those guys that you mentioned, and then Peralta, and then uh, Peralta, and then if you have to put, like, Boxberger or, uh, or I'm sorry, if you have to put, like, Adrian Hauser or Brett Anderson, you got to hope all those guys are going to go at least seven innings deep because and they can do that oh absolutely yeah there's it's going to be interesting interesting situation um now chris they're gonna be playing the brewers or the braves in the nlds almost subset alert or do you still think they're gonna be able to run away with it i like the brewers pitching better than that's why i was kind of shocked to hear that craig council was thinking about doing the four pitcher strategy because like i really like their pitching staff their rotation and their their bullpen. These middle reliever guys are are above average for middle reliever pitchers. So no, I still I still like it. Also, you gotta go. So in a five game series, so you have to go against Woodruff and pro- probably the I would assume that Woodruff and Burns pitch two games or each in that series because you have to ride your hot hand. So in a five game series, you have to go against those two guys. Like in the season they're having, like that's fucking brutal. I know the Braves have a great pitching staff. They do. And they've made it work, but they're young, they're inexperienced, and yeah, yeah, man. I don't know. I wish I was trying to pull up odds, but uh, we don't have playoff odds, uh, playoff series odds up yet. Yeah. Or else I'd quiz you. Anyways, Dude, moving on to the next outfield, topic. In that outfield that the Brewers have, like, ugh. Yeah, I think they. They're going to make noise. There's a reason why we've been hyping them up this whole year. Like, even if uh, some of those guys have been kind of underperforming, Yelich was a little bit down. If you look at, like, the last month plus, he's been kind of going back to his normal self. He's still a star, man. Yeah. Willie Adamas, every time I see him, I'm like, man, I wish the A's had traded for him instead. Anyway. God damn it. I really wish you didn't tell me that, because if you put him in place of Elvis, he would have. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. NL MVP race. Uh, I read something pretty interesting too, Chris. There's a really good chance that for the first time since the mid '80s, the both MVP winners will not be in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a. Uh, yeah, I don't. That's uh, yeah. Very. Yeah, At the same a, time, they're. I mean, but like, dude, they like. Okay, just quick pitch, and then and then you can continue because I heard I heard Jeff Passon talk about this. Um, on ESPN Daily. As great of a season as um, Vlad Jr. has had, the fact that... show So, as great a season he's had, he still only accounts for one player on that team. He is the... He... 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 Um, he God damn it. Uh... Counts for one player on that team. He he puts up stats for one player on that team. He is the equivalent of one player. He's a star player. He's putting up big numbers, but he's still only one guy, and he can only affect the game as one player of the team. Shohei Otani is two guys. So you're getting two for the price of one with Shohei Otani because he can pitch and he can hit bombs like nobody's business. And if you really need him to, he can play the outfield in, in a dire situation. That's why Shohei Otani 
is the MVP. He will probably win, be in the running for MVP for the rest of his career, if not win it, like kind of like Trout is, because he is two players in one. There's nothing you could ever change that. It doesn't matter how good the team is around him. He is two players for the price of one. So because of that, he should be rewarded for that. And I completely agree. Anyway, NL MVP. All right, here we are. It's a three-man race, Chris. It's going to come down to Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals, uh, former Washington National, current Philadelphia Philly, Bryce Harper, and San Diego Padre Fernando Tatis Jr. I'll, I'm going to go ahead and, Chris, like I mentioned earlier, we are uh, if we were betting men, which we are, and you are a little bit more than I am, I'm going to give you these odds. You're going to tell me where, how you're feeling with it, okay? Okay. Uh, Bryce Harper right now is, is the favorite at negative 275. Juan Soto is uh, plus 325. And then Fernando Tatis Jr. is plus 600. Now, I'm going to go ahead and message you some of the numbers because we didn't get a chance to really talk about it too much. They're, they're all pretty much intertwined in who is leading what. Either mm. if one person isn't leading one offensive category, the other person is. Uh, right now, for war for position players, Fernando Tatis is in the lead with 7.2. Offensive war, or I'm sorry, Juan Soto is. Offensive war is Tatis with 7.3. Uh, Trey Turner is leading a batting average. He's batting 327. He's going to be on the outside looking in, unfortunately. But uh, Juan Soto, 317. Bryce Harper, 308. Juan Soto has a 470 on base percentage, dude. Mm-hmm. He's become like the most disciplined player in all of baseball overnight. And we all kind of knew it. But in terms of the slugging on base, though, Bryce Harper is leading in both. Uh, Nando, even though he's missed about 30-plus games, he's leading the league in home runs. He's hit 25-plus doubles. Uh, and he's got uh, 30... Oh, no, that's not 32. He's got 25 steals. And he's up there. I saw a stat from Danny Vietti from CBS Sports where he's like, he's only the 13th player ever to hit at least it was like 40 home runs, still 25 bases, and get um, I think it's like 25 doubles along those lines. Okay, and they're like, and he missed 30 games. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of surprised to see at least the betting odds that were from um, I can't remember which side I got it from, but to see Bryce kind of that far ahead to be the favorite is a little bit of a – I'm a little confused by it after looking at all those numbers. To well, it's me, because his yeah. his team was still in the race at the very end. It's true, and the Padres didn't just completely shit the bed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, I mean, they were they're four games back from Atlanta. They were in it until the last week of the playoffs. Um, and, and also, had St. Louis not gone on this 17-game win streak, who knows what – the final results of that would be they'd it you know they'd still be in the mix with the wild card which you know would be kind of depressing because they only have 82 wins right now there's two games left in the season but whatever um so i think that's the reason why and he was a big he was a big part of that like you know san diego just completely choked and tati's been putting up big numbers but i mean i mean they're one and nine in the last 10 like that's i i I think also part of it is like you have to show leadership, and I don't think that clip of him arguing with Manny Machado helped his case much because that, especially older writers who have MVP votes, they're going to take that a lot more personally than our generation would. 
Um, but Tatis was the front runner for most of the season. So does he get a little bit of credit for being the front runner for most of the season? In the past, we have seen that not be the case, like with Grinky and um, Arietta for the 2015 Cy Young. Like Grinky was the best pitcher all season, but Arietta turned it on in the last two months of the season, so he got the Cy Young. But like, I don't. Yeah, I. I it, Betting for me, man. Juan Soto, Juan okay. Soto doesn't deserve it. No, really. In terms of odds, I would take Tatis plus six hundred. That sounds great. That's true, and I. You brought up a good point that I think he probably has alienated a little bit of those old school writers. Yeah. Kind of his attitude about you know with that situation and just kind of his flamboyance with it, which is I think is all awesome. That, that, we talked about the whole argument thing. We made our two cents about it. But in terms yeah. of his personality and his fanboyance of how he plays, yes. I think it's awesome, and he shouldn't be say, punished he, for it. In that situation, he was in the wrong, in my opinion, with Machado. But everything else about him I love, yeah. He's bringing fun back to baseball. Now, I will say this, though. To kind of have a double-edged sword here, we talk about how, oh, if he had a full season, or if he played at least another 20 games who knows what his numbers would have been kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to say though, well, if he had a full season, who knows if his numbers could have dipped a little bit. Uh, his average had fell, fallen off. His strikeout rate was starting to go back up in the second half or was going up in the second half of the season. Um, and he's kind of broke. He has those moments where he is prone to be kind of go big or go home. He's like, I'm just going to hit the shit out of the ball and try to drive it out, which he did the other. Uh, did you see that Dodger stadium home run? Yeah, he fucking – it was over the oh fucking – over it, literally out of the park. It was over the overhang in the outfield. Yeah, like – Sorry, I keep looking up because Wisconsin's doing a jump around right now at the game, and it's just hard not to look away. Anyway, uh, go ahead. It's – he hit it to the parking lot. So, but, uh, yeah, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, it was literally out of the park. It was out of the ballpark. It's insane. Never seen something like that at Dodger Stadium yeah. before. But um, – I know it's 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 tough. I think Juan Soto, what he's doing for like people who, if you really like the numbers, the kind of like the little things about baseball, even if his power is not there right now, if his RBI numbers aren't there right now because like mm-hmm. he's just on a shit team. Um, that's another thing. What if like what if the the Nats didn't just decide to blow it up and just held on to those guys and added a little bit? He should have easily been a front runner right now, especially with having Trey Turner in front of him. Um, they were pretty far out of it at that time, though, dude. I don't know if they make a, a resurgence. Yeah, who, yeah, who knows? But I had a, if I were a betting man, if, logic tells me Bryce Harper's Bryce Harper's going to win it. I think logic tells me that, but the odds tell me like plus six hundred. Yeah. You put just like a few bucks down; it's worth it. I think Bryce Harper has for and the you longest could hedge time. your bet. You could hedge yeah. your bet and bet Br- Bryce Harper also. But I was going to say is. I think for the longest time, Bryce Harper has gotten a lot of undeserved hate mm-hmm. from baseball fans for the because it's of because contract, he because he people say he's overrated. But if you look at all those numbers, Bryce Harper's still been a badass baseball player, even if he's never also, lived up to his hype. Excuse me, but also he, it's because he is basically the equivalent of what Tatis is. But he started doing it in an era that wasn't accepting of that quite yet. Had had Bryce Harper come around in 2019. It's a different story with Bryce Harper, in my opinion. I think he's a lot more accepted. But because he started doing that 2012, 
and it's I, just it just society has changed. Millennials have taken over the voice of society, and yeah. But I think this is going to be. I think it'll be more important to him than these other guys in this moment because I think this yeah. is a part of his legacy play. I think if yeah. he, he he's 100%. been kind of a borderline Hall of Fame right now, but if you put two time MVP with there on top of all mm-hmm. the All Star appearances, you know, I can, assuming he kind of can continue at, at a pace that would get him there, he's going to be a surefire Hall of Famer. So yeah. my logic is him. My betting eye though would be Tatis. Those that's too spicy of a of a plus to put it down. That being hey, said, and for the betters put, out there, yeah. go ahead, sorry. sorry. I was like, that being said, you can't place bets on MVP races anymore because it's too late. Yeah, you can. But if you were a betting man and you had done it at the right time, you can hedge that bet. You could bet 10 bucks. I'm just very low bets. You could bet 100 bucks on on Bryce Harper, but if you bet 20 bucks or no, 100 bucks on Tatis, but if you bet 20 bucks on Bryce Harper, you're going to make more money anyway. So like a lot more money. So it's like, all right, so if if Tatis wins, then at least I get my money back. You know what I mean? Yeah. For those for those who aren't betters out there, that's some advice for you. Yeah. And well, I'm assuming we're going to get a little bit into this conversation probably over the next month as we do like our Yeah. awards pods. All right, Chris, last but not least in this big three, it's getting wiggly wild, wild, wiggly wild, 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 west, or wild, damn it, wild, wild, AL wild card. You there had it go. going there. You should have just played it off wiggly, wiggly. and just kept going. Have you, when was the last time you watched Wild West? Wild, wild. I used to love that movie when I was a kid. Uh, it was on, like, TBS, like, four months ago, and I was just, like, chilling on a Saturday during, like, the su- you know, the summer Saturdays when, like, there's no sports on on Saturday, and I was just like, yeah, I'll watch it for, like, 30 minutes. Does it? I'm assuming it's not a good movie, dude. Did uh, Will Smith did that instead of The Matrix? You have you looked at all the movies Will Smith has done? We're not doing tangents in this episode. Uh, yeah, but the big a big one too is Django Unchained. Anyways, yeah. Wild 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 Ale Wild Card. We have two as of this recording. It is 11:45 a.m. October 2nd Pacific time. The Yankees are currently losing to the Tampa Bay Rays 7-1 in the top of the fourth, which kind of will play into this whole scenario. Right now, they're 91-61. and 61. Assuming they lose this game, they'll be 91-70. and 70. Boston is 91-70. and 70. Seattle is 89-71. and 71. And Toronto is 89-71. and 71. So, what does this all mean? If the Yankees just win, they're clinched. Mm-hmm. They'll be in. If and th- that'll be the end of that story. Robbie and his guys friends can all go circle jerk each other about John Carlos. Their Twitter is going to be so annoying. Yeah, exactly. But it's a wild card. Get over it. Uh, but if you want to be Team Chaos, like all of us are, I'm because- an agent of chaos. Yes, exactly. Toronto needs to win out, uh, which they're playing Baltimore, so that's a possibility. Uh, the A's are playing or. <laughs> the Mariners are playing the Angels. Why'd you even do it, bro? I know, I know. The Mariners are playing the Angels. If they win out, they'll be tied for the wild card spot. Now, Boston, uh, if they split the last two games and Yankees lose out, if all those things happen, we will have a four way tie for a wild card game. Have you heard the scenarios for that? It's pretty much like the basketball clip I sent you the other day. It's fucking insane. So there's no like 
baseball we talked about this last week there's no like um head-to-head matchups decide it no they like baseball goes to a one game playoff but if there's four people involved it's completely different if there's three teams involved it's even more crazy but if there's four teams involved basically the number one team with the head-to-head matchup advantage so if they if it's the yankees which i think the yankees have the head-to-head advantage over the red Sox. i don't know about seattle they get to choose their opponent Number two faces number, and then number two um, gets to choose their opponent as well, or gets to, gets to play the, the leftover opponent. If it's three teams, the Yankees have the head-to-head matchup against both Toronto and Boston. So the Yankees would be Team A, Red Sox would be Team B, and the, the, the Blue Jays would be Team C. So if you're the Yankees – actually, sorry, you don't, you don't get to – you're not the top. You get to choose – which team you want to be. You can either be scenario A or you could be scenario uh, team C. The Yankees um, will, if they choose to be team A, they get to host a one-game playoff game um, against uh, team B. Um, and the the winner of that game gets the first wild card spot. The loser of that game has to go travel to wherever team – go travel to team C's location. So team C gets a home game. And they get to, uh, and the winner of that game gets a second wild card spot. So, if you're, if you're the Yankees, would you rather be Team C or be Team A? You get two shots at it if you're Team A, but the second, if you lose the home game, you have to play away against Team C. Whereas if you're Team C, you only get one shot, but you get to host that game. Team B gets it's you have to play two away, or you have to play. You know, whatever that scenario is. It's very interesting. Like, Jeff Passon was talking about it the other day on um, ESPN Daily. It's, like, fucking fascinating. And what makes it even worse for these teams is it's going to ruin your playoff uh, rotation. Yeah. It's like, what, like if you're going to one of these winner-takes-all takes tiebreaker game, if you're the Yankees, do you just have to throw Garrett Cole out there? Like, yeah. you have to. And then if you do yeah. that, okay, well, who you're going to throw in your wild card game now? Yeah, like it's it, it just makes this whole situation more complicated. Uh, do you? But but not only that, dude. Like it, like so, first game is on would be on Monday. Game two would be on Tuesday. So if you're the Yankees and you lose your home game, you have to fly to Toronto and play the next day. It's not like a day off in between. Chaos. It's absolute chaos. Yeah. I I honestly don't know the late the Yankees look like absolute shit against the Rays right now mm. and I really 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 hope they don't win and they just lose out um, <laughs> Boston I think Boston's going to be in good shape they're playing the Nats the Nats have just kind of fallen off uh, Baltimore have I'm, been playing uh, uh, upset lately they've been playing better yeah, yeah they've, they they've been, been playing that. upset baseball so I could see them making a run but Seattle with the Angels that's going to be kind of a tricky one I think yeah. like last night it was a 2-1 ball game but it's yeah. great though. Seattle had like a full stadium, like forty thousand people in attendance. It's great to see like the fans actually showed up when a few players kind of voiced their concerns about it. I hope that happens. In, in terms of just an absolute shit show and just to kind of have nobody wins, I, I think that'd be awesome. Full disclosure: I'm pulling for the I'm pulling for the Mariners. I'm absolutely I'm staying in. I'm staying in division. My my our friend of this podcast, friend of ours, Brad Field, is a massive Mariners fan from seattle um 
and the the Hawks aren't doing so well, so he's more invested in the Mariners right now. Um, and it's a, it's a twenty year like playoff drought, longest in, in baseball. So I'm pulling from the Mariners. If they make to the playoffs, they're my number two team in the playoffs in general behind the Dodgers. So um, I want them, even though I'm uh, you know I the, my bitterness against them uh, because the A's it's not their fault. It's the A's fault. Yeah. So it's not the, I'm, I'm, fault I'm all A's on suck. team. I'm all on team Mariners right now. And how can you not love Kyle Seager? How can yeah, you they have a lot of like. How can you not love all their young talent? It's just they and like especially when they moved Kendall Graveman at the deadline. It's just the big fuck you to the front office. Like we're gonna do this without your ass. And finally investing in the young talent was great. So was especially good. that we talked about at the beginning of the year with their team president who was caught like on the Boosters Club. Listen, like oh yeah, yeah. Kellen X like and like how far they've come throughout the year. Awesome, I think. Yeah. The coaching staff and the players just were like, fuck you, dude. We're going to fucking win this without your help. I think you have to cheer for these guys. Like, if you're yeah. not cheering for them, you don't care about baseball. Uh, before we go on to the kind of the main conversation, actually, I wanted to give you a couple of pop quizzes, a couple of uh, trivia questions. And, okay, after that, actually, let's take a break so I can refill. Okay. <laughs> Good call. One. So the Seattle would be... They would break their longest playoff drought in baseball right now if they mm-hmm. advance. Who would have the longest playoff drought from then, that point on? Oh, man. Hmm. Let me take a look. Just looking at the teams? Yeah. Gonna, yeah, you, yeah. You'll be a little surprised. Hmm. It's not in the American League. That is correct. And last year counts with the expanded playoffs, right? Correct. Is it the Reds? Reds were in last year. Oh, you're right. They didn't score. They were. That's right. Good point. Wow. This is tough. I mean, maybe the Pirates. The Pirates? Uh, it was like what with that Andrew McCutcheon, baby Garrett Cole teams it was like 2013, yeah, was like, 2014. Okay, so it's early, so it's later than that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, one more shot. It might be in the American League. The Rangers? Incorrect. Uh, they won. They won the division like in 2016. Remember? Oh fuck! Yeah, they did. That, that team had no business being in the. Playoffs. Yeah, they had like a an insane record of one one games. It's like yeah, that was that was that was inevitable. Uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia will have the longest playoff drought. I think it was like twenty eleven. Uh, no, it was like twenty eleven uh-huh. or twenty ten. I can't. I don't have a year in front of me. And the other question, uh, Dusty Baker, uh, you know, screw the Astros forever, forever. But we'll. I think we'll always have to root for Dusty Baker just because he's been such a dope person i'm not because i just can't do it with the astros i want Anyways. just dusty go somewhere else yeah uh he but with astros go to padres winning, that actually seems like a pretty that'd be good idea. oh that'd be perfect for dusty yeah he he jumped in too early but he has now won five division titles with five divi- different teams name all five teams the giants yep the nationals yep the reds yep um, the Astros. Yep. Um, Cardinals. Incorrect. 
He played for the Cardinals, right? Uh, maybe. I remember him as maybe a, he I'm was on the Dodgers. Joe, maybe I'm thinking of Joe Torre. Um, hmm. Same division. Two, uh, same division as the Cardinals? Uh, okay. Um, did he? He didn't know. Not that one. Oh, the Cubs. Duh. Yeah. I was going to say, I was about to tell you, what's the barrier mode of transportation? Yeah. Bart. I was like, Bart, man. All right, Chris, we'll be, we're going to take a quick break. Chris going to fill up his mimosa and we'll be right back. We're going to have a You're not honest, done with your mimosa? Uh, I have a big one, but I'll top it off. Oh, you, uh, that is a big one. Yeah. We're going to have an honest conversation about this Oakland A season. It's going to be unscripted. You don't have wine glasses, Julio? I do, but I, I pictured like when drinking mimosas of like the, you know, the mimosa glasses. The thin glass? Yeah. And I have those, but I'm like, yeah. nah, that's kind of a pain in the ass to go back to. Anyways, we're going to have a raw conversation about the A season. <laughs> No, we have no script. We're really just kind of going off the top of our head. We're going to ask questions, how we really feel about it. So we'll be right back, folks. Most of the time. All righty, friends. Welcome back to the town tailgate. Chris and I are back. We got Mimosa filled up. And we're going to talk the end of the Oakland A's regular season or postseason contention. They still have a series in Houston. They won last night. Really good game. Had a little bit of everything of good of this A season and a little bit of everything bad in the A season if you didn't get a chance to watch. Wait, can we bring up that poll real quick? Because I think that was the only poll of the week, so we might as well just do it now. Yeah. Uh, I got it. I got you it. Gotta go ahead and shoot for it. So Julio put a poll uh, up last night in the middle of the game. Are you watching this game? 126 votes and 60% of the audience said no. So Ace fans are fatigued on the A's. Probably very frustrated as we are. Um, Which I get. I get. I'm, absolutely. Um, I, like I texted you. I mean, like there was three really good college games on. So when the 6 o'clock game turned on I um, for college, I switched it over. I was just like, no point. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was more of a background noise than anything just making dinner or cleaning up yeah. or doing so and i caught some cool moments you know uh ollie hit a two-run home run still doing it sean and i had a great outing uh but really we're not here to talk about this weekend series we hope the astros get swept just because i think it'd be really it, it'll help us a little bit we're just gonna mm-hmm. talk about the season on a whole and the other day i just started kind of writing down a list of all the bad things that happened to this team this year there, look, let's and let's putting this out there as a caveat. There's 1,000% been worse teams, period. You know, we had to deal with an A's team in 2009 where the rotation was top five and absolutely no offense, right? And there's teams even before our lifetimes that were just god-awful. This might be the worst season I've had to deal with as an A's fan. I was going to say, so it may there's definitely been worse teams, but have there been more disappointing teams? I mean, 2014 is the first one that comes to mind. And then 2004. It's this this in 2014. And I would say 2014 beats it because we were in first place at at the All-Star break. But, yeah. I would say this team, and for this reason, I think the amount of stuff that had happened off the field to really affect this team. It's a good point. Bled into it. So what happened? Here's a quick summary of everything that happened in the 2021 Oakland A's season that was bad for the team. 
Longtime beat writer Susan Slusser leaves the A's beat for the San Francisco Chronicle and joins the Giants. And guess what? The Giants have just won their 103rd game. That should have been a sign right there. Yep, absolutely. From day one. game. Yep. Uh, hey, uh, those guys, Marcus Simeon and uh, Liam Hendricks. 106th game. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about that. Great. Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks, both gone. We knew Liam was going to go. Uh, Marcus, they even could have offered him something a little more competitive. He's willing to take the discount. They didn't. Marcus is going to finish as a top three MVP candidate in baseball. He set the single season record for the number of home runs by a second baseman. Liam Hendricks was an all-star on one of the best teams in all of baseball. And I think another person I told you about him the other day who really, 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 really could have helped this team and nobody talks about it at all is Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman has put up a solid-ass year with the Tigers. And if you had him as a fourth outfielder instead of, no offense to Seth Brown, he's been playing better lately, completely different season. If you When you sent me that, I wanted to throw my phone against the wall. Yeah. Kill, that, sent me his numbers. Can you say the numbers? Do you have them on you? Here, go ahead. I'll I'll say it. I'll look for it. Yeah. Um. I'll go keep, keep going. going. Long time PA announcer. Dick Callahan passes away at the beginning of the season. Uh, Amelia Schmel's done a good job, but it's just it's really sad to have to have that start the season with that. To make up for losing on, uh, Marcus and Liam Hendricks, they go and sign. Mitch Moreland and Trevor Rosenthal. Trevor Rosenthal does not play a game in an A's uniform. And his one year. And we con- paid him $10 million. Yep. Down the drain. Uh, Mitch Moreland was a complete bust. He's pretty much, I don't think he's played in the last month and a half. We haven't really, we don't know why, really. He was like yeah. on the COVID IL. Uh, but who knows? Either way, that guy was a complete bust this year. They had better people who were able to be a DH to kind of fill in for him. Julio, the worst part about the Rosenthal thing is that's a deferred contract. So we're going to have to see that someone in the news is going to pop that up. Be like, congratulations, Trevor Rosenthal. It's your mil- you get a million dollars this year for the next 10 years on top of him never playing a game in the A's uniform. So um, uh, Robbie Grossman's stats were 248 average. It's about what he normally gets. Um, but he had 23 home runs, 65 RBIs, and a 357 OPS. Um, you pretty much had another Mark Canna in your lineup. lineup if you, you had, had a better Mark Canna, you had a better Mark Canna. You're, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right, man. Um, who knows though? Because like he would have had a full time role. Or he has a full time role in Detroit. If yeah. he would have been stayed in Oakland, it would have been part time. But um, also, yeah. But then you can move. Then you move Canna over to right, and you can put Grossman in left, and then you have two Gold Glove level outfielders. And then the if corners. they still made the Marte trade. Then it's yeah. like I think you would have been able to you sleep know? better at night with those three in the outfield every day. Yeah, those. yeah. Um, I'm just gonna do a quick little five second tangent. Watch the Tigers this off season. I think they're gonna make some big moves. MLB allows the A's to explore other sites. That was back in May. Great. And then following, not too long after, we see Dave Cavill start tweeting shit from Vegas, tweeting from the Vegas Knights games, and pretty much any respect that he had amongst the A's fans is gone. His reputation is completely ruined in the, at least into the fan perspective at the end of the day, that's his job, you know, but I don't think any A's fan really cares for him anymore after he's done it after the amount of work he's done the last few years and a lot of uh, admiration he's received. 
he's lost it all in this last year. Uh, oh, yeah. Beginning of August. Uh, Ray Fossey steps away from the booth. And he announces he is battling cancer. Uh, Fossey, you know, we're all still with you. There's been a lot of love for him, but obviously it's been a horrible thing to have to deal with. Uh, oh, I didn't mention this part. The A's start the season 0-6. That was fun. Four-game sweep by the Astros. And then nearly it was go. more than 0-6. Wasn't it 0-10 or something like that? 0-6 because there's a four-game sweep from the Astros. They lose the first two yeah. to the Dodgers, and then Kenley Jansen blows it. Uh, Ramon Loriano suspended for PEDs. That was Everybody says, what's a turning point into that season? I think that was a real moment where, like, yep, this is not going to be fun. That's when we went from a first-place team to a uh, wild-card team. Yes, because I think if you have those three guys in the outfield, Days would still be playing easily. Even with the bullpen woes, I think those three guys would made life a lot easier. Um, and then Chris Bassett gets hit in the face with the line drive and misses a month. That's also the big part of the series season where people are like, yep, this is where things are really... And that's where we went from a wildcard team to not a playoff team. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, I had to add one more thing. The bullpen completely falls to shits. You, this bullpen that have been pretty steady over the last couple of years, they've been pretty great until this point, the regular season. The Giants series, they blow two games and then just consistently blew games throughout the whole rest of the playoff or playoff contention run. Yeah. Really disheartening. A part of that run also includes losing 14 straight to the Seattle Mariners. Is the most games they've lost in a row to one team since the 2011 with against the New York Yankees. Matt Chapman sets this single season strikeout record for an Oakland A. He had over 200 strikeouts on this season. He's pretty much our Joey Gallo at this point. And last but not least, when we really thought we were in some contention that there's still a fighting chance, Elvis Andrews breaks his fibula rounding third. Um, yeah. This wasn't a fun season at all. This was honestly amidst the stuff that was going on the field with, you know, with the Ramon suspension, the bullpen falling apart. It was been so hard to like watch some of these games without having to hear some shit about the stadium and start, you start hearing, I don't know. Did you see Ann Killian? Uh, uh, I think she's a beat writer for the Chronicle. Can't remember. But she pretty much just dogged the A's stadium like situation, and people. And she went and deleted the tweet now. But it's like hearing all this stuff about chatter about the stadium. Are they leaving and all this stuff? Do you think this at the end of the day, the players will never say it. They'll never. They'll never admit that this is a problem. But do you think at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, this messed me up. Having that, yeah, it's a distraction. Like having that big distraction looming over like messes up. It's simple as that. It's a distraction. It's a distraction off the field. It's a distraction for Bob Melvin. It's distracted for everybody. It's taking all the headlines. When they go to do post-game press conferences, they're asking – or writers are asking the players about it. And, like, what are you going to say if you're a player? You can't really comment on that. Yeah, 1,000%, which is the reason why Major League Baseball never realize it because they're fucking stupid and they're a bunch of old farts who don't want to get out of their way. But – John Fisher is bad for baseball. And if they want to change this game, they need to change they need to make a change at, with that ownership. They need to not allow uh, I, I 
I, I don't want to make this an A's problem because, look, there is other... He's arguably... He is the worst owner in baseball. But there are other owners who are on that level or not as bad as him. There's a lot of bad owners. I think people like him are is the problem with baseball. You have yeah. a lot of people who don't care about winning. Um, they don't care about the legacy of a franchise. They don't care about... Um, just kind of like fan base and all this. They do, like, look, dude, when we had Brian on last week, there was, oh, go ahead. What happened? Tell us. No, no, no. I, it, I covered my over. It's fine. But it, it's, I just want to, I'm want to react to what you're saying and, but go ahead. I don't want to keep going. Keep going. Well, we had Brian on last week. They had no promotions all year. No bobblehead. No I don't think they had maybe one t-shirt giveaway. And he was saying how it was the Atleticos and the E was spelled wrong. Or they used the wrong E. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a the, the Trident Foam Finger giveaway. They did nothing this year. And I think some of the biggest... And if you're like, oh, well, they're, they're losing money, blah, blah, blah. Look at every franchise still throughout baseball. The A's were like the only team who didn't have promotional giveaways. I went to a freaking Tommy Lasorda bobblehead giveaway. Angels... Had Otani pillow giveaways. The uh, the Yankees had some. I was looking at their schedule a few weeks ago. Had some really cool giveaways. The Giants were having. I watched. Giveaways. I watched Giants games. I watched Giants games. They're constantly promoting their promotion days. There's on, on the broadcast. Little to no marketing in the Bay Area, besides email blasts. And uh, I got really like bummed out the other day because I was on A's Reddit or was on A's Twitter somewhere, and somebody was posting old videos of. Um, of uh, like the old A's commercials from the early 2000s. It was great. But I think that's a part, and I think that's a part of the big problem of why things are bad this season. I love those commercials. That's a, uh, the reason I, I had this little conversation, this tangent is like, that was a part of the things that went bad this season. It's like, you, you're not driving people to the stadium. Look how much better they were playing the weekends where people were there as opposed to people are not. Cause it, the, the, okay, wow. bear with me because you hit on a lot of things right there that I want to comment okay. on. All right, take it so, away. So the, the the first thing that comes to mind is the the giveaways. Brian made a great point. Like the A's don't pay for those. That you get a sponsor, which is so easy to get a sponsor, but yet they don't want to do the work to get the sponsor. So like, they're cl- that's clearly a sign that they're not trying to, uh, they're not trying to really get any promotion out there or anything like that. They're really trying to fudge the numbers so they can like be go to baseball, and be like, hey, no one's going to our games. Like let's go, let's move to Las Vegas. The second thing um, about just like ownership what are you trying to get out of being an owner of a franchise because statistics if you're a businessman you live on statistics statistics show that owning a professional sports team is like the least profitable like money maker that there is it's like literally the least profitable way to make money um uh in business because I don't know. The numbers just just don't necessarily work, and there's a a lot of uh, 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 like hoops to get over in order to like kind of like guide your business plan in a certain way because it's run by obviously like a league and stuff like that too. So you know they say like most professional sports owners like the reason why they buy a team is like kind of like to to flex like their 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 billionaire muscles like i'm so fucking rich i own a fucking sports team like yeah like look at that except for jerry jones he's probably the only one who's like prop like profited more off of being a sports owner so it's like i i just don't i don't 
I would love to understand what John Fisher's like mindset is as to why he's operating in this fashion. Because if you're a businessman, you don't buy a sports team. Like that's just not how it is. Like that's not really how it works. I, I, unless you plan to sell it, like Joe Lacob has done a great job with that. Like he's turned that he bought that franchise for like a like a hundred hundreds of millions of dollars, and now it's worth three billion dollars. Like you can profit off of that. But if you're trying to make money within the organization, like get revenue from that business venture, like that's not a profitable way to do it. So I I just I don't know. I mean. I just don't understand that at all whatsoever. So I if yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just and like it's can, so hard you, to, for me to wrap my head around. You hit a good point too, which is that um I just had it a second ago. Great. Lost it. Thanks, Mimosa. No. <laughs> um, um no, like there's no money that comes out of it. it. It's so rare for you to put money out of it. And that's what I was going to say. Is that you don't understand his mindset. Well, here's the thing, Chris. Nobody does because he doesn't talk to anybody. The guy yeah. has never given any views. And I think if you just would have put his a little bit of thought out to what's going on, maybe it could have we have a little bit more logic and maybe wouldn't be playing the game blame game as much. And maybe maybe it might be more. Who knows? And the thing that's really worked weird too is over the last month, if you're watching the home games, he was sitting behind home plate, like Almost every game, he was there in his stupid little camouflage hat, even though we all mm-hmm. see you with your camouflage. You're not fooling yeah. anybody with your camouflage. It's weird. Um, look, Chris, we can talk about ownership. Yeah. Obviously, this is let's a whole... Let's talk about on the field yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's talk let's about talk all about the, the field, field stuff. stuff. Uh, what worked well? I think the one thing I feel really good about, going if this team, if the guys who they can bring back will be there next season, I don't think there's anything that's gonna hold them back from still being a uh wild card contender because this rotation if you all three of those guys the top three of manaya montas and bassett will all still be under contract this year even if but do you think that but do you think that they keep them though that's the that's the the issue i don't think they do i think all three no i think montas stays because i think we have him till 2026 i think he has a pretty favorable contract but manaya and bassett are both done after next season so in theory, you want to get some value out of that. If Let's, there's a good trade partner in the offseason, I think you have to pull the trigger. Otherwise, you can wait until, until especially with pitchers. Pitchers are more in demand at the trade deadline. You could wait till the deadline. Um, and if so, you know, it's the era of Montas Caprillion and Dalton Jeffries, likely. Um, but, yeah. Also, do you want to start giving the young guys like Jeffries – and I'm blanking off the other prospects in the Miley. The Grant season. Holmes or anything. Grant the Holmes. Is, like, do you want to give them a shot finally? Or I don't know. It's weird. The weird thing is, is like we call, you know, Caprillion like, oh, the young guy's like, Caprillion's old now. Or like in, in baseball player, he's going to be 20. He's 27. Dalton Jeffries is 26. Like, I think for a pitcher, that's pretty reasonable, though. Also, I mean, Caprillion's locked up for a few more years. So, in in theory, you want to make that transition. He's had injury issues. So, yeah. he, you know, his but, age is – I feel like his age is a little bit not telling of his career. But, yeah. Like, this year, like, he slowed down the second half because he's never pitched as many games in the yeah. season before. He's just overrun. Next season, I think it will be a different story. I think no matter what, 
even let's okay if we want to play the double sides of this if this rotation still stays together um you know knock on wood if you're with me kind of thing i think they're still going to be a pretty good team i think they can still be in contention as long as those three guys are there they'll be in contention but if they move away if montas or if Manaya, if bassett are both gone um who knows? I think they're still going to be average because it's like you're pitching the Coliseum. Of course, I think Frankie's going to be fucking awesome next year if he can kind of continue this. Yeah, because they realized, so oh, I don't, man. Yeah, he's like, he oh, looks I so re- much more consistent. He realized, great. like, oh, I don't click with Sean Murphy. Like, great, cool. Well, yeah, we know that. Um, I think, yeah, this rotation is still going to be there next year. I hope that stays. Well, well, I, well, I could I could see Manaya being traded, but I and then I could see Bassett staying because I could see Bassett signing an extension because he loves the organization. I think that he would be willing to to convince his agent to take a compromise. Yeah, if they're willing to offer it, that's the thing. I don't know if the A's are going to offer it. I think Billy Bean wants to. I just don't know if ownership wants to. Now let's head into the actual offense. Let's head into the infield. If you want to talk, obviously Matt Olson. Just I am so happy he had this season and i think oh the fan base and there's nobody happier than he is obviously but it's like we've talked about how awesome this guy is how dominant he is mm-hmm. for years now and he had the really rough 2020 season and a lot of people were rubbing him off even you know i'm gonna call out our boys that around the diamond when they did like i remember like early in this season they did like a top five first baseman top 10 first baseman and Matt Olson wasn't on there. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and I was like, yo, he's gonna prove it. He was. Yeah, Bobby, out. you gotta you gotta watch more more A's baseball, bro. <laughs> You're tripping out, dude. You're out of your fucking mind. Uh, and then like he had a really hot spring training. We were both kind of like, oh, this he might be clicking. And sure enough, you know, all career high and RBIs. He's if he hits a home run today or tomorrow, he'll have 40 on the season. Elite Gold Glove. He really uh, bounced back to what is kind of his median of averages, which is about in the two seventies, two eighties. And which in, in, in the Coliseum is like two ninety. Yeah. And I think you can, we can confidently say now we've been saying this for some time. Um, he is the best all around first baseman in baseball. Yeah. Easily. Vladdy. Yeah. Offensively easily, but Vladdy's not a great defensive first baseman to that. Matt Olson is constantly, belling guys out think about how think about how much money marcus is going to be making because of some of the times matt olsen's had to save his ass so uh, what do what do you got to say about him man i don't i don't know really where else we can go i hope he's going to be a top five mvp it's going to be tough but we'll see there's nothing i could say about his performance you kind of touched on all that what 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 the only thing i could really say is uh um, about his like offseason status. Now he's another guy where it, you know, if this was a fire sale, you'd think like, oh, he's gone. Julio thinks that he might be traded this offseason. I do not. He's 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 signed until twenty twenty four. I think if you're the A's, it's lucrative, especially if you want to somewhat compete next year to hold on to him. If you get a really good deal next free agency, sure, like a desperate team, then sure you trade him. If you get a really good deal next offseason, you can trade him. Or you could hold on to him until the free agency the following year. There's nothing about his career that would make me think that he's going to slow down. Or he hasn't been. He doesn't have a. Uh, he hasn't had an injury like Matt Old, Matt Chapman that is uh, holding him back. If you look at his numbers, he's except for last year, but that was a 60 game season. If you look at his numbers, it's pretty consistent to what he's doing, except his average is higher than it's ever been. So 
no matter what, he's going to be a, a big trade piece and teams are going to call about him. So, yeah, you know, I just uh, I can't wrap my head around the idea of uh, of of him being gone in the offseason. Same with Chapman. Uh, Chapman's been a disappointment. But, yeah, um, I think I think we hold on to him for another year. I think he's one of the guys that we don't ship out. Yeah, if they do. Uh, button. I think. And also, it, history has shown with Billy Bean, just real quick, history shown with Billy Bean, even when they hit the reset button, they still try to build a little bit. Remember in 2014, they traded everybody, but then the offseason, they made a trade for Ben Zobrist and Chris Davis, and you're like, wait, what? Like, So are we hitting the reset button, or are we trying to compete? What What are we? What's going on here? Uh, I want to give another shout-out to Around the Diamond Boys. If you guys are listening, I love the – uh, players you you were for, you forgot were on these team series. I think Ben Zobris on the A's would be a great one. Yeah. Um, let's go head up to the middle and field. I like how we're like, hey, let's keep this organic. But I kind of like the way we've kind of meshed this, kind of just going position by position. Uh, let's go to second and short. Elvis, Josh Harrison, Tony Kemp, Jed Lowry, Chris. I'm gonna go ahead and have you take it away with this one, which is the performance. Just kind of like, how did you feel overall about these guys in the season? Tony Kemp proved that he could play second base every day. Tony Kemp is arguably this – was arguably this third or fourth best player on this team all season. Yeah. A position player. He, he proved he can play every single day at second base, and I want him to play every single day at base, second base. If he can hit 260 and, um, you know, 20 stolen bases and and be a gold glove glove level second baseman, great. That's exactly what we need. We haven't had that since Mark Ellis. Um, well, I mean, I guess you count Jed Lowry, but for the long haul, we haven't had it since Mark Ellis. I think next year he's got that spot on lock. I want him to be there. He's also just a great presence on the field, and and uh, he's a great like leadoff type of hitter as well, which is which is fucking awesome just to see him do that. You can bat him in the top of the order if you need to. He can go to the bottom of the order. He's very flexible. I want him there. Elvis, no. Nah, I mean, I, it's unfortunate with his injury, but I, I want to see a young guy go in there. I'm. We tried it, and it was great um, for what it was. But, uh, no, nah, man, I want to see Nick Allen at shortstop. I want to see Nick Allen at shortstop so bad. We spent a first-round pick on him. Let's fucking, let's fucking give him a job. He did so good in the Olympics, at least on the defensive side. Um, if he gets more at-bats, you know, he'll develop. And... Um, if we get a better hitting coach, too, maybe he'll be better. Um, but Nick Allen, I want to see Nick Allen there at shortstop next year. Yeah, I agreed. Elvis, uh, I think Elvis showed he still got a little bit left in the tank throughout the year. He started off horrendous, but after that first month, he really became like a pretty solid shortstop. Was yeah. he like a – you know, at the end of the day, if you compare his numbers to Trevor Story, I don't think there's – Trevor Story didn't have a good year. And I don't think there was really a big difference yeah, between the sure. like he's got the power, but there. And I think the biggest thing you noticed over this last week too is you don't think about how good he was defensively throughout the season until you brought in somebody else. So seeing mm-hmm. Josh Harrison, who um, actually we'll have a, a second conversation about those guys. Um, seeing like Josh Harrison playing short, making errors, it was like, yep, that's not the biz. Yeah. Um, I don't. The thing is, like, I don't know what to do with them. Like, if he, if you, or if you do want to go young, who's going to want to take somebody like Elvis Andrews in the off season? 
who's I, you're pretty I much hoping for somebody who was going after. You'd the, have to package him. You'd package, package him yeah, else. package him, or you're pretty much banking on the teams that were going after the crazy short start shortstop market this year, completely yeah. whiffed, and they're willing to settle with someone like Elvis. Yeah. I think that's kind of like what we did, though. We kind of settled for Elvis. But. Yeah, I could guess. Uh, yeah. Na- Maddie, Josh Harrison. Josh yeah. Harrison's gone. I don't want to talk about him. Yeah. I don't think it's worth I loved our airtime. Yeah, I, yeah. He he was great, and but I don't think it's worth the airtime to talk about. Like, yeah, yeah, like he was very productive. We'll see what he does next year. No, he's gone. He's gonna sign a, a deal somewhere else. He showed that he can still play this game at a high level. He's hit two ninety something. Like, he's reliable. He's consistent. Like, he's gone. We're not getting him. I will Simple say that. though. Um, his last few weeks have kind of hampered his value. I've noticed. I've noticed that like he. I don't think it will. I he's don't think not it will. a patient hitter, at all. And for him, and you saw a lot when he was having a lead off for a bit. Yeah. The dude was just like, when you're so used, to, people were kind of bashing on. Oh, the Canna lead off experiment was a failure. I'm like, no, Canna was a kick ass lead off hitter. Like he yeah. he did what you were supposed to do, which is like you see pitches, you kind of learn. And Josh Harrison was the complete opposite of that. So we'll see. I think if anybody stays, he's the person most likely to stay. Yeah, uh, Matt yeah. Chapman. Uh, said earlier he broke the 200 strikeout mark. He showed his power still there, so that's awesome to see. He's still the best defensive third baseman in baseball, but he still has a lot of work to do to get back to where he was in 2019, 2018. And that he's and that's just the reality of it. He's got a realigned hip. Like, I can't imagine that's easy to just get over like that, you know? Like... It's more or less a new hip. It's not, but it's more or less a new hip. So, like, I think if you give him a full off season, because he didn't have a full off season, he had his surgery and his repairment, and then he had to go to spring training and like adjust to this new hip. You give him a whole off season, he can work with a specialist. He's gonna be fine. Defensively, he didn't lose a step, but his swing, which is a lot of hips, like there's something going on there. You give him a full season, I think it'll be okay. What, dude, agreed. Like, 1,000% agreed. He's even yeah. said, like, by and, the t- look how long it took he, for him to at least get something going. He wasn't an app where we yeah. usually see him at. And he's another guy we have him for two more seasons. He's not going to get much trade value now because you know any partner you're going to go to about trading him is going to be like, well, look at his season. So then Billy Bean's going to be like, okay, well, fuck you. He's a top 10 player when he's at top notch in, the, in Major League Baseball. So let's hold on to him. We'll see how the market looks at the free agency. We'll see how the market looks next offseason. We'll see how the market looks in 2023 free agency. He's going to be on this team. I'm confident that he's going to be on this team in 2022. Like, I would say, like, 95% confident. Uh, Matt Olson, I don't feel that confident in. I, I'm confident, but I don't feel that confident. But I'm, like, 95% sure his Matt stock, Chapman will be the starting third baseman next next season. His stock is low, so we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, He could be a good trade deadline piece next year. I think you have to because his agent Scott Boris, so he's not going to resign. So I think you have to wait till he like excels again, and then you can and then you can get some value from him. Uh, catchers, we had three main guys throughout the year: Sean Murphy, Aramis Garcia, and then at the trade deadline, trade, uh, trade deadline, Jan Gomes. I'd love if Jan Gomes came back. Uh, I don't think it's going to take a lot for him to come back. I just don't think the A's are going to offer him it. I don't like that. Don't you don't like, like him coming back? No. I think it's a waste. Really? I uh yeah. I uh I'm I've like I've said for past two years, I'm really high on Austin Allen. Every time he's come up in the in, in the league, he's been nothing but exceptional for a backup 
catcher. I thought he was really good before Jonah Heim came up, but Jonah Heim is a starting level catcher, which is the reason why he was better. Um, I think Austin Allen clicks with the guys that Sean Murphy doesn't. I don't know what Sean Murphy's deal is with with a couple of the pitchers. I think that he, like you said, um, you have some insider information. You hear that he's like all baseball all the time. I think he might just be a little too intense for some of these pitchers, especially like guys like Sean Mania, who are a lot more laid back. So I think they need a catcher who's more laid back. And you see Austin Allen really clicks with those guys. Um, I think that he is the perfect guy to just be the backup catcher. And, he's again, he's always played well. Um, and I wasn't crazy about Aramis Garcia when he first came up. But, yeah, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it's worth it. I, I would rather have Austin Allen just take that spot and just give him – the full-time backup catcher position. Yeah, maybe kick the tires on see if there's any vets you can get for like a cheap deal. Maybe like if Steven Vogue is playing again, bring him back. But yeah, I think Murph has shown enough that so, this is like his... Sophomore a, slump. Yeah, it's. I think he had a full sophomore season. Slump. Was this his first full season as well, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I have all the faith in the world. I think we're both big fans of him where he. I think he's going to be an all-star. Yeah. Um, but before we move when, to the when, outfield, when when okay. Chapman and, and Olsen leave, I think he's the star of the team. He's he, his talent's still there. He just it's just sophomore slump. It happens. Um, before we move on, we actually got some legit breaking news right now. We're not going to get too deep into it because we, I want to keep going the outfield. Padres to fire Jace Tingler. Um, not has Ooh. been yeah. So we all knew it was coming. Someone's going to be the fall guy with this team, and it was Tingler. He got tingled. I don't know if that was the right term, but anyways. Uh, Chris, let's move to the outfield. I like that term. Uh, Outfield was a bit of a hodgepodge of a mess throughout the season, but I think we can say confidently that Mark Canna was pretty damn good throughout the year. He had his moments, but I think what you got out of him every day, he was healthy for most of the season. He he was – I think the leadoff experiment did work. Granted, you lost some of his power because of it. Um I, I really, 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 really hope out of all the guys who are going to be free agents, they can find something to work with him because of how deep he's tied into the East Bay. But we'll see. Uh, Steven Piscotti is at a really bad year. He got hurt again. This is Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I, you didn't let me touch on okay, Mark Hanna. Yeah, can I'm we sorry. just yeah, go yeah, yeah. player by player? Yeah, let's do player Mark by player. Mark Hanna, uh, I don't agree. I think it worked for about a month, and that was it. I like Mark Hanna in the five spot. Um, I think we should get someone with a little bit more um, more speed and more average at, at the top of the lineup. I think this season was a proof that on-base percentage can't get you a lot of production out of the top of the lineup. Um, I think it's a different type of pressure on Mark Hanna as well. I think he thrives um, – um, not being um, the first guy up in 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 the inning, um, so um, also he had a lot more bats than normal because he was first. So I think that also has fudged the numbers a little bit. Um, and he has some power, so like we're wasting his power by leading him off. So I like him hitting twenty five home runs a season as opposed to seventeen home runs a season. So I just disagree. Do you think there's fielding any wise? But yeah. I also think he's gone. You think he's gone? Yeah. I think he's going to be wherever he's going to go. Uh, he's going to flourish like this. Yeah. He's, he's going to be such a good oh, player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Steven Piscotty was pretty much a lot the lost season. And I just, you don't know what they can do with him at this point. It's, I think he's done too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I love him, but, um, 
But yeah, like I you, he, he, I think he's done. You can't. He, even, he, you can't move him at all. No. You're pretty much gonna have to if you're going to want to make a change. You're pretty much just gonna have to cut him. But it's like you're yeah. gonna eat that money. It's not a lot of money for other teams up for the A's. It, it probably is. So it, it's it's a really shitty it's situation. Not. It's not. It's like six million a year. He signed a massive contract right before he came here. A really like a really player or team friendly contract, like a Scottie Pippen type of contract. Um and uh, yeah, some other team will pick him up. He'll be a backup for a couple of years, and I could totally see him being a coach in our system. That'd be great. I like that yeah. idea. Uh, yeah. Ramon, Ramon was uh Ramon was pretty streaky throughout the year. I think his glove He's was still there. Streaky, He's always know? been yeah. You're right. You're right. He's always been pretty streaky. I think, but I, the team died when he was suspended. A part of this yeah. team. We were so excited. I remember recording the pod when the Marte trade happened. And we're like, dude, this is like one of the best overall outfields in baseball right now. Yeah. Like, this is so good. And we had it for like five games. Yeah. We had he, so much he, depth, too. He, he'll be there next year. So he's he will probably be the everyday center fielder. We're assuming Marte is going to be gone. But um, yeah. it, it really, and it, it's like. And he also just had surgery today, or the other day as well. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, I, I will say w- one funny thing about him being suspended was it almost kind of sealed him for one more season. Had he not done that, he would be trade bait in the offseason. But now it's like no one's going to pay high value for him. So, yeah, yeah it's it was a blessing, a blessing in disguise, I guess. Who knows? But I... <laughs> Knock on wood. Do, yeah. Do you do you see him kind of coming back and being where he was at, or do you think this is yeah. might just be the, the end of it, the start of the end for him? No, no, no. He'll be he'll be the same guy. Um. Yeah, he'll be streaky. He'll be really good when he's hot, and he'll be really cold when he's not. He'll still be the best center fielder defensively in in the league. That arm, that that speed, the ground he covers. Yeah, I think he'll be the same guy. Uh, there's nothing about him that made me think like I don't I mean performance enhancers are so hard to judge these days like look at Frankie Montas yeah you know like he's clearly figured it out um and what what exactly they do for them you know cuz it's not like Ramon's ro- like fucking yoked out of his mind he's still this skinny little dude <laughs> um yeah I don't know it's hard to judge I don't know enough about performance enhancers either to give a really a fair judgment and analysis on it for our listeners now Marte Marte was awesome Marte li- really lived up I think we really can say anything else because he's not gonna be on this team next year no I don't no. I, it's not worth not time. the time I think the most intriguing person arguably going into next year is Seth Brown I really think, no I think he um you know me I'm not on the Seth Brown train look I don't like him first full year uh, at the end of the day, I think he showed a lot of pop. He had some clutch moments throughout the year. He had a ho- he had a walk off. He had the game tying home run the other day against Seattle. I don't know what the expectations are of a thirty year old rookie outfielder. I don't exactly. know what's going to come out of it. Will he be? I wouldn't be. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't be shocked if he's going to be this one of the starting outfielders next year because of the team being so cheap and not really having much better options in the minors at that level who are ready to go up there. I Unless see they make some trades. Yeah. But, like, there were some moments, I, some things I really liked him. I think he's got, like, a pretty solid arm. Uh, 
he's shown he's has he is, his pop does translate into the majors. It's just a lot of learning still. He do he strikes out way too much. His on base is way too low for what this makes this team good. Um, I can I think if you just kind of give him a full off season, like we've talked about with other guys already, uh, I could see him being a serviceable outfielder. Like mm-hmm. I can see him probably being like a Piscotti kind of player when Piscotti was healthy, like 25 home runs, 260, um, you know, solid defense. I, I think he could be that level. It's just like, what do you want? What, what do you want to do with this team? And if, if, if is he really worth the investment in the off season more than anything? I, I hear you, but I was really high on Cody Thomas in that trade. I'd like to see him. Um, get some playing time in the majors. Um, uh, who else? Oh my god! It's Our dude, Buddy Reed. Buddy Reed. Oh my god! Yeah, Buddy Reed. I'd like to see get some playing time and see how he recovers from his injury. So, I don't know. I don't. I just don't think it's worth it. And I don't. I don't think he's worth the time. Yeah. And he's great. I- he he was suitable for what we needed this season ish. But. Chad like Pender, he didn't, every, he didn't he didn't come up in clutch moments when we needed him. Chad Pender, everyday outfielder. No, I think Chad Pender's traded in the offseason. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I think he has some value, and um, his contract's up next season. He's a twenty twenty three year. Okay, well. all right, yeah. All right, Chris, let's go to end off with the the worst part. Let's go to the bullpen, the bullpen that we thought what we were really high on. We got. You know, World Series experience. You got Sergio Ramos there. You got, you know, Trevor Rosenthal's pitch in World Series, and that none of that mattered because Trevor Rosenthal didn't play at all. Sergio Romo was great for about two months, and then just bad throughout the time. Um, really, I think this is. I think they were able to recover well enough for Marcus leaving, where it was a pretty serviceable. They were never able to fill Liam's role. No. Well, because the guy that they bought to fill that role didn't play a single game. So they're going into the season. I think he got hurt a week and a half before the season started, expecting him to be that guy. And he wasn't that guy because he wasn't there. So then Lou Trevino last minute has to like fill in the spot. Or Jake Diekman, who's got a lot of off-field stuff going on. I don't blame him for the season he had after finding out all that shit. Um, I'm not going to get into it. You could Google it if you want to. Um, Sergio had a lot of bright moments, though. Um, I would love to bring. I would love to bring Sergio back in the proper role, the setup role, not the closer role. He had to step up big shoes, and I think that he did the best that he could. Petit, I think. Um, I think it's he might be. It's time for him to retire. He's quite. He's quite fallen off since his uh, glory days with the Giants and a couple first early years of the A's. I think this bullpen's a complete rebuild, to be honest with you. I'd love to see Sergio back. I think Lou's going to be back. But I think everybody else, it's just a complete, utter fucking rebuild. Now, do they want to get A.J. Puck the closer spot, or do they want to put him back in the rotation? I could see him being in the rotation depending on the moves they make if they trade Manaya or Bass in the offseason. But I think, again, I'm still, gonna, I'm still high on it. He would be an amazing closer. Yeah, I was gonna, I was just going to ask you about Puck. Uh, I yeah, I can see this team rebuilding. If there's anywhere they spend any sort of money on, I hope it's the pen. 
because yeah. it they, absolutely they would be the top wild card seed if some of these games that were blown were like a strut like six run lead games weren't blowing kind of thing i mean it's, look how many relievers that they just waived it was we, we that was our biggest complaint it was like up. uh okay we're gonna wave aj puck we're gonna try out delirious scare oh, oh okay no we're gonna wave it's too know, late to try and figure it out. Oh, yeah. No, yeah there's a lot of it reminded me of that the the video of the guy who's playing like the instruments on six different like the organ and he's playing anyways yeah yeah chris we gotta wrap it up um the last thing i want to just ask let's grade it give me your grade for the 2021 oakland athletics a d a d we should have been in first place this is a failure it's a d Maybe a D minus. It's not a complete F because they're not bad, but it's a D. The expectation was there. The talent was there. They should have taken this, but they made the wrong moves in the offseason. They made the wrong moves-ish. They didn't make enough moves at the deadline in the right places. It's a D. It's a D. Also, Chafin. I'd love to see Chafin come back. Oh, hell yeah. I love Andrew Chafin. Um, I'm going to go with the C. I'm gonna, but for the sake that I think the optimistic spots, Julio and yeah, building. yeah, yeah, of course, dude. That's that's why we work well. I think the spots that really shine, really shine to an elite level. Frankie Montas is going to be in the Cy Young conversation. I, he's not going to win it, but I think he deserves some kudos to it. Absolutely, Absolutely. Matt Olson's going to be a top. I think he should be a top five MVP finalist. It's going to be tough. He should. His name should be in the ring. And Chris Bassett. Holy shit! For almost yeah. getting decapitated. If he doesn't get hurt, he's in the Cy Young conversation. One thousand percent. And not, I think if he, not finishing top five. I think he would. He think he would have been a really good shot at winning because like Garrett Cole and Robbie Ray were shooting it. That being said, a lot of the stuff that we were Brandon Lau just had his third home run of the game. Uh, wow. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we were really skeptic about in the off season, and a lot of things that were like, hey, we're still not hitting good and running a scoring position. This bullpen is seems like it was just pieced together. There's not a lot of yeah. everything blew up in our faces. This team is always kind of played by a shoestring by shoestrings on a tight rope, and they finally fell off this season. That was the reality of it. All right, Chris, that was it. Um, so again, that's the end one, of the that's yeah. the end of the A season for this podcast. Everybody, yes. we're not going to talk about it anymore. This so just heads up. This is going to turn into a baseball playoff podcast. We will still record um, potentially once a week. I think we're going to go once around at first after the wild card. We're going to do our predictions after the wild card so that we know what the playoff bracket looks like. Um, we might do a preview of the wild card game on Monday, though, just like a quick like 30-minute episode preview. Uh, but then we'll probably go once a week, like especially if a series is interesting. Julio, we should probably record and just talk about it. But this is going to turn into a baseball podcast. This is one of me and Julio's favorite times of the year. The MLB playoffs. We watch every single game, minute to minute. So minute that's what we're that's what we're, minute, that's what we're moving minute. into. Um, yeah. Any anything else on your end, Julio? You want? To yeah. Just make sure you know around the diamond, our boys. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter. Make sure to give us a follower at the Town Tailgate. We're going to be Twitter account will be a lot of MLB playoff talk as well. So just be aware yeah. of that. Um. No, but I, I, I would say just send off. Look, this season was shit. I think we got to celebrate the cool stuff about this season. I think the fact that we had a full season again after how horrible these last couple of years have been has been awesome. So 
I just want to give a kudos to that. Nobody really got sick. And last but not least, dude, we really got to shout out or shout out a legend, Steve Wisnich. Yeah. Ending his career, 54 years working the organization. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're going to be renaming the A's clubhouse the Steve Vucinich clubhouse. It so. was cool that the Mariners gave him like a standing ovation um, the last game. That was pretty dope. Yeah, um, I don't think the uh, Astro fans are classy enough to do that to them tomorrow, but we'll see. No, they're a bunch of little bitches. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. so even though it was a tough season, we still got to end the pod the same way. Probably the last time we'll end the, the pod for the season this way because we'll just be talking about baseball. But Julio, last but not least. Let's go, Oakland! The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly. Social media management and marketing is run by once again my partner Julio Reynoso and a special thanks and shout out to my brother Larry Madrigal for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork thank you so much for listening everybody please tune in next week please subscribe and last but not least as we always say let's go Oakland